2,000 miles east of Para, over the heart of the dead steppe, the sky raft faltered, flew smoothly for a moment, then jerked and bucked in a most ominous fashion. Adam Reith looked aft in dismay, then ran to the control belvedere. Lifting the voluted bronze housing, he peered here and there among the scrolls, floral hatchings, grinning imp faces which almost mischievously camouflaged the engine. He was joined by the dirter men, Unk at Afram Anacho. Reith asked, Do you know what's wrong? Anacho pinched up his pale nostrils, muttered something about an antiquated chash farago, and insane expedition to begin with. Reith, accustomed to the dirter man's foibles, realized that he was too vain to admit ignorance, too disdainful to avow knowledge so crass. The raft shuddered again. Simultaneously, from a four-pronged case of black wood to the side of the engine compartment came small, rasping noises. Anacho gave it a lordly rap with his knuckles. The groaning and shuddering ceased. Corrosion, said Anacho. Electromorphic action across a hundred years or longer. I believe this to be a copy of the unsuccessful Heisekim Bursa, which the Durder abandoned two hundred years ago. Can we make repairs? How should I know such things? I would hardly dare touch it. They stood listening, the engine side on without further pause. At last, Wreath lowered the housing. The two returned forward. Traz lay curled on a settee after standing a night watch. On the green, crush-cushioned seat under the ornate bow lantern sat the Flower of Kath, one leg tucked beneath the other, head on her forearms, staring eastward toward Kath. So had she huddled for hours, hair blowing in the wind, speaking no word to anyone. This is Dark and Stormy Nights the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Vin LeBate. And I'm your other host, Ben Blattberg. And tonight we're talking about Servants of the Wank, by Jack Vance, published in 1969. And joining us tonight is our good friend Casey Smith. Hi, Casey. Hi, I'm super impressed you said that with a straight face. Um, I've had time, again, time to prepare. I say referencing a thing we talked about two minutes ago before we started recording. <laughs> um, so, how y'all like proper nouns? <laughs> My feelings at this point are very mixed. <laughs> yeah. Should we go around first and see how each of us pronounces the title? I'm, I'm going to be impressed if any of you pronounce it any way other than the obvious way. Or rather, I'm going to assume you're lying. <laughs> It'd be both. Uh, I'll, I'll assume you're lying and be impressed. <laughs> I mean, it certainly looks like wank to me. <laughs> That's wank to me. Um, I I think with the H at the end, you could maybe uh, pose an argument for wonk mm. if you wanted to. But who the hell would want to do that? Yeah, I've been doing uh, Duolingo for Yiddish recently. Mm-hmm. So seeing a, a K and an H kind of Partly, I kind of want to go like wonk, but I'm not sure that's better. Uh, so this is a science fiction novel from 
the late 60s. Is that what I just said? Mm-hmm. Yes, because it's 1969. How could I forget that in this context? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my. And it is the second in the series. Yes. That's impressive for many reasons, I feel like. Yeah, I believe that the first book in the series, uh, the Planet of Adventure series, has a similarly uh, bullshit relation to proper nouns in the title, although not as hilarious. <laughs> so the, the Planet of, of Adventure is a series by Jack Vance. Yes. It's not like uh, we're going to publish multiple books by multiple authors under Planet of Adventure, and each one is like its own planet with its own adventure. Uh, nope, this is this is his one story about uh, a space-wrecked guy named Adam Reef exploring a planet of things with terrible names. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that the, the, the first two novels are uh, City of the Chosh mm-hmm. uh, and Servants of the Wank. And then the third and fourth are just The Dirter and The Noom, or The Noom. <laughs> Uh, and I, I kind of miss that, you know, blank, blank of the. Yeah. Yeah. I will confess that uh, I uh, read up a little bit about this series. And so I know that uh, Chosh, Wonk, Durder, and Panum are all four different types of aliens on this planet. Yeah. I also glanced at the Wikipedia because there are phrases in on this page that I could not parse. Mm-hmm. And I needed to be sure that I had downloaded a non-corrupt file. There are definitely places where commas should be and they are not and i think that would have helped a great deal mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I feel like this I, is I one did, where we should just uh, uh, i feel like this uh, is just one where that we I should probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay we're, we're, leave it in leave it in all right uh, uh i was just going to say that i uh likewise downloaded the audiobook from my library just to be like is that actually what they're saying here mm-hmm. especially well i mean Getting into nouns, uh, when I read the phrase, uh, he was joined by the Dernamoon Ankh at a from Anacho, I was like, no, I don't think he was, <laughs> but I was wrong. He was. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the text, since I think that's where the joy of this is going to be found. So our first sentence is, 2,000 miles east of Para, over the heart of the dead steppe, the sky raft faltered, flew smoothly for a moment then jerked and bucked in a most ominous fashion. Which is not a, a bad start for the thing we're going to go into here. Yeah, I actually thought that was great. I, uh, you get, you know, you get a location that you can pronounce. You get uh, uh, somewhere you're flying over that sort of sounds interesting, right? The dead step. I don't know what it is, but I wouldn't necessarily want to be there. But it sounds like a cool place to have an adventure. Mm-hmm. And they're on a fucking sky raft. Like... That might crash. And you get all that in one sentence. And I thought that was, uh, that reads pretty smoothly. So I, I got real hopeful when I read that sentence. Yeah. And then I read more sentences. Yeah. The one thing that I, I don't know if this is just the way I'm reading it, but like I keep wanting to stop after the phrase the sky raft faltered. Like it's a weird, like the, the arrangement of the clauses seems strange to me Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's just me like i think uh this happens to me a couple times on this page but the image of something faltering in the sky doesn't parse very well like that's just not um like something doesn't work in the sky it falls or it 
drifts or it's something, but it doesn't just falter. Yeah, that that seems like the end of a sentence for a thing that is flying. Right. Like if it had said, if he had said like flew smoothly for a moment, faltered, then jerked and bucked in a most ominous fashion, that would parse better to me. Mm-hmm. Because at least like I would have some context where is if it starts out faltering, I expect it to just crash. I think the impression that he's trying to give is, you know, like if you're driving in a car and it makes a weird noise and then maybe you're okay and then it makes more weird noises and you're like, oh, is the car going to stop? Yeah, I feel like sputtered or right. like jerked. Well, it did jerk us a, a couple words later, but yeah, faltered is a strange verb in there. But we're going to see some more strange word usage uh, in addition to the proper nouns. Uh, I'm going to want to go back to the uh, uh, comparison to a car uh, in a moment, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I do think there is something about... I guess, how straight you want to read this. Like, if this is like an adventure story about a, a, a man crash landing on the planet of adventure and, you know, probably, you know, falling in love with uh, a princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, if this is in another John Carter uh, yeah. revamp, then like that opening sentence, it doesn't quite fit. Like there's something kind of funny, not just about like, the sky raft faltering, but the fact that it like falters, flies smoothly for a, a second and then jerks and bucks. And it's not like, you know, like if this were a John Carter story, it would be like smoke was coming out and John Carter, you know, put out the flames or something like he would do something active uh, and it would be very mm-hmm. clear what the problem is here that like jerked and bucked in a most ominous fashion to me reads as kind of like a little sardonic or a little arch. Uh, mm. like. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of playing a little bit, I feel like a little bit uh, with the form of uh, the, the planetary adventure. Yeah. Well, we can we can explore that a little more in the next sentence, which I would like to read. Um, Adam Reith looked I think aft. We should just... Yeah, this might be one of the ones where we go through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think you have to. Adam Reith looked aft in dismay, then ran to the control Belvedere. Streaks on the China never mattered before. <laughs> I uh, I still haven't looked up what a control, like what a Belvedere is, but that sentence gives me kind of no sense of what it is. Yeah, I, I know that that's an old timey word for some part of an apparatus, but I feel like even in 1969, you weren't just going to throw out Belvedere and expect people to take it seriously. Well, I think even more just like rolling from uh ran to the control belvedere lifting the voluted brown's housing he peered here and there among the scrolls floral hatchings grinning imp faces which almost mischievously camouflaged the engine like there's a lot going on here and i did go to a a, a dictionary to look up belvedere and voluted okay thank you yes uh voluted has to do with spirals belvedere uh seemed to have to do with a good place for a view oh like the the sort of like station maybe that looks out over the like the control station maybe right which you, i mean you could say like so adam reith looked aft in dismay which is also there's something about that that makes it hard for me to say looking aft yeah it doesn't it's like aft on a raft <laughs> again weird <laughs> yeah but then he ran to the controls uh he ran to the pilot station he ran to the uh, cockpit like and this thing is jerking and bucking so 
you shouldn't be able to run. Like, again, you, it, I don't know. It's the, um, the, the pieces aren't coming together very well. Yeah, it, it is a little sardonic. Um, and I kind of dig it so far. I think that so far we are on like, this thing is on course to be interesting. It's about to go off the rails in the next sentence. <laughs> but like, I kind of dig the idea that he's like trying to tinker with this sky raft and it's the culture that produced it has put so much artistry into like the aesthetics of all the compartments and the engines and the bits that he can't quite figure out what's what. Can we make a note that there's an asterisk at the end of the sentence um, after the word engine? Yeah. And I'm very curious as to what uh, what the asterisk is for. Like, what additional information is going to be shared if we were able to look at the end of the chapter uh, where the, I'm assuming the asterisk uh, explains itself. Yeah. A uh, small peek behind the curtain. Uh, sometimes when I'm looking for first pages, I have to do some poking around on the internet uh and so i come up with files that i don't entirely trust so i have no idea where that <laughs> asterisk goes or who put it there okay um but i am also very so it curious not, it may not be the author's asterisk but i yeah i want it to be because mm -hmm. i want i want the asterisk to be by the word engine which is one of the few words <laughs> that describe something as a noun that i know what it is Versus all of the other nouns that have no asterisks yeah. and no explanation. So leading into our next line, possibly the most confusing thing on this page or in really anything I've read. <laughs> he was joined by the Durdeman Ankh at Afram Anacho. Yep. And my understanding is that all of those words describe one guy and only one guy. Not mm -hmm. that he was joined at a place, but this guy who is a Durdeman is named or called Ankh at Afram Anacho, noting that Ankh and Anacho are capitalized, but Afram is not. Yeah, I got stuck on this line because I couldn't figure out if he was a Durdeman, if he was a Durdeman Ankh, if he was a Durdeman Ankh at Afram, like there needs to be a comma there to give me some information as far as in all of these made up words, which one is a descriptor, which one is a proper noun. Is there a title in this? Is this all a name? I, yeah, it, I, I actually, by the end of the page, I still hadn't entirely figured out um, what that, what information was supposed to be imparted by that sentence. Yeah. Like he'll, he'll refer to him later as just a nacho which a nacho when you say that out loud <laughs> then it's even better uh-huh but the phrase ankh at afram which like it, if you're listening at home you have to understand that those words seem to indicate a thing at a place a nacho <laughs> yeah uh if you're look, listening at home go to our instagram page where we have uh, <laughs> just put these words in this order read along with us uh yeah just 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 this one line uh yeah. which will probably get us flagged uh, by the NSA or something. But um, <laughs> it is funny. I, again, like I, just just like y you guys, I, I hit this line and I was like, I'm missing something and like mm -hmm. went uh, off, which, you know, thinking about, you know, if if we were just like in a bookstore or something uh, and didn't have phones that had all of human knowledge on them, mm -hmm. like th this would have probably stopped me a little bit. Um, 
And it is kind of a strange phrase. Like once you know that, like, okay, so I mean, even once you know that the Dirtermen are a, a people uh, or uh, like a, a, a race on this planet um, or a whatever, an ethnicity, mm-hmm. like if, if you try to find the Earth equivalent, like you would never say uh, he was joined by the Scotsman Scrooge McDuck or <laughs> Scotch Duck Scrooge McDuck. Um, <laughs> like there's something about that, you know, that does require, you know, like it's kind of weird to have the... Uh, uh, ethnicity or nationality of the character as uh, a descriptor in that place. Now, I guess um, I'd argue that in a lot of science fiction books, I feel like that gets dropped in just because you're dealing with um, unknown like species or subspecies. And so there has to be differentiation for the, the reader. Yeah, it, it's usually in a way that feels slightly racist. <laughs> yeah. Like, like so, in the way that, like, that an old, o- yeah, in the way that, like, an old, old adventure novel, you'd be like joined by the Chinaman something, something, right? You're like, oh, okay, that didn't hold up. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like, uh, it's like, well, like he's Bohemian, and, and you know how they are. I'm like, no, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like, this is this is a racism that has has died out. Uh, I'm very curious about this, <laughs> but I I do wonder if part of our confusion here is that this is the second book in a series. And so, like, maybe in some ways, this first page is kind of like a uh, previously on. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you remember uh, our good friend Anked Aframanacho? Remember the the, the Dirterman? Uh, <laughs> and, like, other characters we will meet uh, later on? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, can, can we jump forward to the introduction of Traz and the Flower of Kath? Please. <laughs> like, we're, <laughs> sure. we, we've got all these, all these characters going on here. So we've got... Adam Reith, Ankh, Traz, and the Flower of Kath, which like, when you first read Flower of Kath, did you think like, oh yes, this is a person? I did, actually, because I had been reading an entire page of bonkers <laughs> nouns that were describing people. Um, yeah, at that point, I was ready for the Flower of Kath. Yeah, and before you hear get Flower of Kath, you get on the green crush cushion seat under the ornate bow lantern sat. So... I've already got an image of, you know, a, a person sitting on something. And then the flower of Kath um, was words that made sense to me. I was like, oh, I, I, I can read this one and I know what a flower is. And that sort of sounds like, you know, the, you know, the beauty of Rome or whatever. And so um, it wasn't it wasn't really much of a jump for me to assume that this was a uh, somewhat uh, some some emblematic individual of some culture mm-hmm. but i have no idea what the how the hell she's sitting yeah <laughs> I, I couldn't figure that one out yeah also i would like to point out that the full line is on the green crush cushion seat under the ornate bowel lantern set the flower of kath one leg tucked beneath the other head on her forearms staring east toward kath my dude you just said kath you can't say it twice that quickly I, yeah and I, like that description again i had to stop and try and figure out okay so I don't really know what she's doing with her legs, but somehow her arms have to be up in a manner that she can rest her head on them, but she's not resting them on a surface. Is she resting them on her legs? Is she doing like an I dream of genie thing? Is this some weird like flower of cath pose that uh, is alien to me, but normal for her? Um, mm-hmm. I, I still, I still don't know. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of assumed that maybe that meant like 
one leg was more uh, like bent at the knee and upright and the other one was bent at the knee and, and flat. And so she could rest her arms on, on that. But, oh, like um, knee, yeah. That, yeah, but that was me just trying to make sense of thing. Uh, again, a phrase that just didn't uh, resolve into an image that I could use for information. <laughs> and I, I don't want to shortchange uh, the previous character who was just introduced, who, who comes in with the phrase, Traz lay curled on a settee. Yeah, I um, I'm, I have no clear sense of what is on this rash. <laughs> yeah, it's posh as fuck. Right. Yeah, it is. I mean, to use a, a word that just came up, it's very bohemian. It's I mean, it, it's very posh, but also malfunctioning. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, insert, I guess, joke about bohemians here, I guess. I'll have to check with. <laughs> or wink. Yeah. Mm. That does get to the uh, uh, action, if we want to call it that, of this page, where mm-hmm. uh, something is wrong with a sky raft. Uh, they go look at the engine and then like. They don't do anything because yeah. they don't know what to do, uh, and then it ju- and then it just keeps flying, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, again really kind of reminded me of a, a, a sort of suburban dad who would like open up the hood of his car and like look at it and be like, "Oh yeah, like I see the problem," and then like close it and drive to the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about the way that they like open up uh, the engine and then look at it and then you know. The engine side on without further pause. At last, Wreath lowered the housing. Like, we've just had, like, a lot of action uh, for, like, no uh, effect. Um, yeah, well, and also, his slightly more macho friend just punches it. Right. And it fixes it, because, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't understand a machine, if you punch it, it'll, it'll get better. Mm-hmm. But also, there's another fucking bizarre phrase in here, where, like, how that happens is simultaneously from a four-pronged case of black wood to the side of the engine compartment came small rasping noises a four-pronged case of black wood i don't i don't understand prong in this context yeah i'd given up at that point (laughs) i was just like sure My, my my image for that was like uh um if you have a small child who you follow around through the roads uh at some point they will get obsessed with like transformers and other uh, large engines and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I've spent a certain amount of time just like looking at city uh, city owned infrastructure, um, and like that that kind of reminded me of like a, a heat sink. You know how like if you ever go behind mm. some devices, there's just like the the flat uh, the the flat blades. You know, I say blades, but yeah, uh, you know. Uh, with spaces in between them for the air to go mm-hmm. to cool down the machinery inside. Like that's what I kind of pictured at a four pronged case of black wood. Uh, and I, 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 I think I'm going to also have to uh, disagree when, when you guys describe a nacho as uh, macho and, and punching the machinery. Um, I don't know. I saw him as more uh, uh, a feat, um, mm-hmm. you know, and when he, when he uh, gave it a lordly rap with his knuckles, like that, that very well could be just like a little, uh, understatement of like being a punch or a, a, a slap of some sort. Mm. But I kind of pictured him as like not wanting to dirty his hands with these things and just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was picturing sort of like, like a snooty warrior type. Mm. Uh, maybe that's just because I'm assuming that Ankh at Aphrom is a military title or something. Mm. Um, yeah. 
I saw him as a like a, a Niles Crane, you know. Mm, that uh, could be. Yeah, I was thinking more some type of nobility. Mm. Yeah, there is something about the name that does kind of remind me of like old uh, Spanish nobility. Yeah. Mm. Oh, he's from the Ankh uh, at the end, uh, the Afrim Anacho lines. Hmm. Again, making this up. This is all uh, a Chash Farago, as far as I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't understand why they elected to make so many of these made up words so challenging to pronounce. Like, there's just a lot of um, uh, consonants with not enough vowels between them. And there's a lot of pausing for me where I'm trying to figure out. How how is this word actually like how do it how is it actually supposed to be read mm-hmm. in a way that's not beneficial to the story? It is disruptive. It is disruptive as fuck. Um, oh, am I allowed to say that on this one? Yes, yes, you are. One? Okay, cool. Yay. Um, I I will say that I you know they introduce four characters on this page and I actually get kind of an interesting like. I get a bit of a sense of everybody except for Adam Reith, who's the token, you know, he's the human. And mm-hmm. so I, he's not very interesting, but I feel like, you know, the Derderman who I, apparently his name is Nacho with a lot of other words attached to it, right? He's kind of uh, snooty and he's kind of um, high class and he and Reith are buddies, right? Because there's this pretty nice line that actually uh isn't it's the third paragraph wreath accustomed to the derderman's foibles realized that he was too vain to admit ignorance too disdainful to avow knowledge so crass right so these guys know each other for a while mm-hmm. and he already knows that whether or not anacho actually knows how to deal with this he's not going to get any helpful information from him and so i've kind of found him sort of interesting um and then there's traz who was doing the night watch and he's he's sleeping um, or I think he's sleeping. He like curled under a city. Yeah. And to me, there's just always something a little bit, um, a little bit interesting and a little bit vulnerable about a character who's sleeping in a space where nobody else is. Um, so that kind of just like, again, I, I, I don't know, but there's something a little bit interesting. And I, I, I started wondering about this guy, right. That, that he trusts them enough to sleep now that he was the one they chose to, to, you know, be on night watch is he like the dinky little kid that got the crap job or is he you know a a being with keen eyesight that's now resting after doing the diligent work so again like this one sentence made me um think about this character and then the flower of kath um whatever's going on with her i do get a, a kind of a clear sense that you know she's some some someone um either kind of uh, whimsical or spiritual, just something about the way she's sitting and the way her hair is flowing, the way she's looking towards her homeland, like whatever's going on, you know, is she supposed to even be there? Is she on, are, is this mission about her? Did they abduct her? Like, there's just a sense of um, dynamism, I guess, in in the introduction of all these characters. It makes me want to know a little bit more about them, um, except for the main character, which is disappointing. <laughs> But I, I do, I, I kind of wish that, uh, I, I just feel like, you know, every other line, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's good. And then we come to a descriptor that like, doesn't make sense, or I have to figure out what, what's actually going on in this sentence, or we're getting lost in these terrible, terrible invented nouns. Um, so I like, there's, there's potential here to me, but it, it needs a lot of work. It needs a lot of cleanup. <laughs> 
yeah honestly you've kind of turned me around on this page like there is a lot of very strong characterization here and like as ridiculous as the the line that introduces traz is it is kind of a bold move to have him just be sleeping there Mm -hmm. while everyone else is doing their things and like to have that be in the action of the first page right now i'm kind of tempted can we talk about the cover yes oh uh, i was just just going to say about what you were saying casey about how sort of interesting everyone is except adam reith right Uh, i feel like there is a um uh i don't know if i want to say tradition or trope of the like the boring uh main character or pov character um Mm -hmm. for instance uh tintin surrounded by colorful people who use colorful language or have colorful traits like forgetfulness and like Mm. like well like what's what's tintin's deal uh he's got a dog but like that's not a character trait Mm -hmm. so i I don't know I, i kind of i do wonder if if there's something like that going on here where like purposely adam reith is not uh not interesting it, and and maybe like he's not interesting because he's reacting in like the normal way like right the the sky the sky raft falters jerks and bucks uh and traz is still sleeping right and the flower of kath is still staring you know eastward and anacho is still acting lordly uh and adam reith is the only one who's like like uh like like he's the straight man in the comedy sketch he's like the engine is broken guys mm-hmm. like right. we're going to crash and everyone's like that's not important like what's important is that i get my sleep <laughs> Right. So I, I I wonder if that's what's going on here. Um, also, I want to come out in support for the sentence. I believe this to be a copy. Actually, no. Wait. This whole this whole paragraph. Please. Corrosion said Anacho, uh, which is a great little like. It it is a very simple sentence. Corrosion said Anacho, and it's a word we know. Corrosion, like oh, what's wrong with the engine? Right. Corrosion. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes on. Uh, electromorphic action across a hundred years or longer. I'm like. Okay, I don't know electromorphic, but like I get the idea that like he's saying this is an old piece of equipment, uh, so that's why it's failing. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on. I believe this to be a copy of the unsuccessful Heisekum Bursa, which the Durder abandoned two hundred years ago. I just love the, the the movement of that that paragraph from like reasonable to uh, crazy uh, and unhelpful <laughs> uh, in a way. Like 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 it's unhelpful. It's unhelpful to us and it's unhelpful to uh, Adam Reith in that moment. You can imagine this like this engine is breaking. This guy's just like he wants to get back to Earth, uh, which is right. what I learned from Wikipedia. Um, mm-hmm. And his friend is giving him like a history lesson of about how great uh, his, his his alien patron uh, species is. Mm-hmm. Like, let me tell you about American cars. Right. And then he does ask the straight man question like, can we? Right. Can we make repairs? And then he asks, like, can we make repairs? Well, so can we fix it? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'd like to know. And then the answer is, well, how should I know? Right. I don't I don't fucking I, I can tell you where it's from. But how the hell would I know how to fix it? I don't touch this crap, which, I, you know, it's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the thing. I, uh, I will also say I, I uh, uh, borrowed from the library the, f- the first and second book uh, <laughs> in the series. So uh, that is what I might be listening to later. But I do wonder how much of these books will be uh, intentionally funny. As opposed to incidentally funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I will have to report on that. Yeah. And it's hard to tell from this page. Um, and we have run up against time, but we do need to talk about this cover because it's rad as hell. We, we do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, 
So I, I want to, first of all, talk about the quote at the bottom. And the quote at the bottom reads, uh, again, there's a word here that I can't say that's <laughs> on the front of the book that you want people to buy. Uh, quest across the planet shy for freedom, dot, 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 or death. Um, so again, we have a phrase that doesn't quite, like, no, um, I, I would say like a voyage across the planet, um, or quest across the planet towards freedom or death, but like, you don't, you're not questing for death, right? Like it just doesn't, right. I get what they were trying to say, but it didn't make it. Yeah. Uh, a quest that ends in freedom or death or, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the planet Shy has four continents. Yep. And they're all in a row. Yep. T-S-C-H-A-I. I mean, in Yiddish, that would be Tzchai. So it, it seems reasonable to me. Right. Right. Maybe, it, maybe um, this is a, a Yiddish speaker. Maybe Jack Vance um, has a bubby and uh, he took inspiration from it. Hmm. Potentially to this book's detriment, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, but this is all on top of an extremely rad picture of uh, a guy on top of a dinosaur. So I thought he was on. Top. It's or like on a. I want to know if the dinosaur doesn't have front legs. Hmm, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem that I had with this cover. So there's this dinosaur creature that sort of looks like a T Rex, like you know a sci fi T Rex. So it's not exactly a T Rex, but that's basically that shape, and it has no front legs at all. It's just got these big thundering back legs, and it's it's like walking with purpose. And there's a guy above him. And at first blush, it looks like he's like riding the dinosaur. But then if you follow his profile down, you're like, where are his legs? And then you kind of have to look at it again. And you realize that there is this branch above the dinosaur that I initially thought was just in the background. But then when you realize that his legs aren't reaching the ground, probably means he's tucked up on the branch hiding from this dinosaur maybe like it's hunting him or he's trying to not be spotted and i think the colors like there's this sort of green brown color scheme that except for the background which is the light blue is just in everything it's the branch it's i think there's clouds back there but they're the same color as the branch and also the ground and also the dinosaur um and i just feel like that is very emblematic of the experience of reading the first page. <laughs> it's a, a, a little murky. Yeah. But I also kind of love like it. You, you're like, I, I think it's a good intention. Yeah. But a, a complicated execution that makes me think harder than I should uh, without getting the, all of the information you're probably trying to give me. Accurate. Yeah. There is something like, also, he, he appears to have a perhaps a sword uh, or a knife of some sort strapped to his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which like i don't know if i'm being hunted by a dinosaur or even hiding from a dinosaur like i, I probably have my sword out uh at some point but you need both uh, hands to stay in mm-hmm. the tree that you're in uh, or Maybe. like partly i i also wonder like is he about to like jump down to ride the dinosaur uh and again maybe this is the problem of us reading planet of adventure number two uh right but like is that the description of a of a wonk? Like, is that a wonk that he's about to jump on, or, or, or perhaps that's that's a dirter? The world may never know. Maybe by servants of the wonk, they they mean that he was served to the wonk. It's a it's a cookbook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I guess so. Uh, n- neither of you have read uh, Jack Vance before. No, 
Uh, I don't think so. Not intentionally. <laughs> no, because I'm I'm a, a a big fan, or I was, uh, of his uh, dying Earth stories, hmm. which kind of have this same like like send you to a dictionary uh, baroque uh, vocabulary. Um, I think if you ever read uh, uh, Gene Wolfe, uh, uh, his dying Earth stories like uh, are clearly inspired by Jack Vance. Oh, and the other, I mean, the other famous thing about Jack Vance, um, which I can't believe we almost went to without saying, is that um, in the dying Earth stories, there are descriptions of, uh, you know, this is a far future where magic is so advanced excuse me, science is so advanced as to be magic. Uh, mm-hmm. And okay. people uh, essentially memorize spells uh, in that they have a certain amount of, um, they have a certain capacity to memorize spells and then they cast the spells and they forget the spells, um, which you may recognize as uh, Gygax's original magic system mm-hmm. for D&D. Um, so that, that, that uh, I, I will say Jack Vance has had a, uh, uh, a, a huge impact on uh, one of our uh, biggest uh, hobbies, the, the three of us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Jack Vance. Or yeah. maybe, maybe not. I think we'll probably be seeing Jack Vance on here again, just based on the small amount of other titles that I glanced at when selecting this book. Although I obviously had to pick this one first for reasons I think you will all understand. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But on that note, we are up against time. Uh, thank you for joining us, Casey, tonight. Thanks very much. I had a lot of fun. Uh, where can people find you and your stuff? Um, you So people can find me on the other podcast that uh, I'm, I'm in, but not as a guest, uh, The Chimera, which uh, I'm uh, a part of that podcast with Vin. Um, it's a um, it's different, very different type of podcast, but it's a lot of fun. You should come check it out. It's a... Um, uh, Oh God, what's the term? I can't believe I'm spacing on the term. Actual. It's play. an actual play. Actual play. Yeah. It's an actual play podcast. Um, so it's fun. And uh, other than that, I don't really have much of a social media presence. So here and there and showing up occasionally other places um, on podcasts is basically where you can find me. Do your, do, do any of your pets have social media presences? They, they don't. I, um, I don't support like, childhood modeling careers so we've had long discussions about it but um i i still won't won't put up the instagrams for him well good night (laughs) good night everybody thanks for joining us on dark and stormy nights i've been your host finn labate and you can find me on twitter and instagram at mr reciprocity You can find the games that I write at mrreciprocity.itch.io and you can find my other podcast, The Chimera, at thechimera.space or on Twitter at ChimeraPod or on your podcast app of choice. And I've been your other host, Ben Blattberg. You can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe. For show updates, follow Dark Knights Reads on Twitter or visit darknightsreads.com and we'll meet you back here next week, weather permitting.